midweek. Glad to see you tonight. For those who have joined us online, come on in. Uh, get ready to participate as we go uh, into the Word of God and to hear what He has for us tonight. We come with expectation. Amen? And so let's go before him before uh, we get into the word and just give him thanks tonight. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. We adore you. You are so awesome. You are a mighty God. And we're so grateful that we are your children. You are our heavenly Father. And so we thank you that everything that you have for us and everything that you are is so, so, so good. And we receive your goodness we receive your grace and your mercy uh, that gets us through every day of our lives we lean into you we embrace you fully and we come into alliance with you and into agreement with your word tonight Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place you are welcome here and so we allow you to say what you desire to say we allow you to do what you desire to do have your way in this place in Jesus name amen glory to God praise the Lord glory to God so this evening we're going to take a few minutes to talk about corporate prayer uh, through the years in this church we've talked a lot about corporate prayer most of the teaching on corporate prayer happens during corporate prayer. <laughs> if you come to prayer, you're going to get some teaching before prayer on corporate prayer. So those who come to prayer, you know a lot about prayer. <laughs> and those who don't, you've probably studied it yourself. And so we're growing in that. Amen. If you've taken the time to study on prayer, uh, you grow and in, in grow just as we do here uh, for those who come together for prayer. Amen. Glory to God. And so we've gotten some solid teaching on prayer in this church over the years since our inception. Uh, those of you who are not aware, we have corporate prayer on Fridays at 7 p.m. right here, led by mom and, and dad here. And so uh, if you want to join, it's, the door is open. You have an open invitation. And we're going to be talking more about prayer as we move forward. And so uh, I want to talk about it because I want us to get stirred up about what happens when believers come together in a corporate setting to pray. On Sunday, the message is going to be about something that we all know because we're here tonight, attending church. But it's how to attend church and why it's important to attend church. This is going to be Sunday's message. You think, that's very elementary. <laughs> we got to know how to attend church. Well, God's been showing me some things in terms of church. And it's so important for the time that we're living in. And so we're going to talk, because we're talking about kingdom living. Well, church attendance is a part of kingdom living. And we know that who are here in the building today. And there are some who typically come. They're not here this evening. And this is not to cast any judgment or guilt on anybody. This is just to talk about what the Holy Spirit of God wants us to talk about. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So I like how someone described corporate prayer. They said, look at your house key. 
When you look at your house key, you see all the notches and the grooves in the key. And there's like dips and things in the key. And all of those work together and they're in the right place for you to be able to unlock your house door. <laughs> your key looks different than my key. Your key won't work on my house, I hope. I mean, there have been, there have been things that have happened that way, but <laughs> the majority of the time, right? And my key is different than yours and won't work on your house to unlock your door. And that is how uh, prayer is. It, like each part is in its unique and it's in a unique place in order for it to work together to unlock that door. And that's how corporate prayer is. It's like a key. Uh, no one person is the key for corporate prayer. It's not about one person who, wow, they are anointed in corporate prayer. It's not about one person. Not one person is the key. But it's a unique blending of multiple anointings that unlock a unique door. We call that door the door of utterance. You know, uh, some call it the door of revelation. Uh, in my prayer time, I get the man door all the time. The man door, the man door. Uh, and so it, it unlocks that unique door. First John chapter 2 and verse 20, I'll read it out of the New King James. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. He was writing to the saints of God, believers. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. The original translation of this verse says, you know the truth. That's what you know. You know the truth. Why do we know the truth? We talked about this on Sunday. Because John tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one who will reveal all truth to us. And so if we're listening and we're leaning into him, we're going to know the truth. And so we have an anointing on the inside of us. You have the anointing and power of the Spirit living on the inside of you. And when you come together with other believers, part of church attendance too, when you come together with other believers, your anointing mixes in a unique way with the anointing that is in them. And together, together, each one of our anointings make a full measure of the Spirit. Glory to God. It's the same Spirit of God that leads you every day in your life that is the one who will lead you to pray and will help you pray. Same Spirit of God. Same Holy Spirit. And He's in you. He's in each and every one of us. Thank you, Jesus. So I can move this pulpit. And if you've ever been here, it probably is very entertaining when I've moved it by myself inch by inch, you know, you got to do this. And it takes me probably a good 35 to 40 seconds, you know, to move it. 
But if I was to have Ivan and Craig come help me move it, it would take less than five seconds. We'd have this thing moved over there and we wouldn't even be another thought. Well, that's how corporate prayer is. That's how it is. That's how that corporate anointing is. Mighty works can be accomplished when the anointing is multiplied by a group of people. Each person's anointing mixes with the other anointing, anointings available, which brings that greater supply of the Spirit. When you come to pray, those who have come here, uh, when we've uh, come together, whether here or if you've been to a prayer meeting where, you know, they are praying in faith, you've experienced that and you've felt that. <laughs> you know, oh, there's a greater supply of the Spirit in this room <laughs> than just our regular service or just our regular time of coming together or my prayer time at home. It's a thing. Corporate prayer should not replace our personal time of prayer, obviously. It comes out of that place. That's where we learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit, how to pray right. <laughs> it teaches us that. And so it never is a replacement uh, for that. It's needful. Our personal prayer time is needful, especially in this hour. Uh, you know, when you have time with God, he's going to talk to you about things that concern your life. He's going to correct and direct you. He's going to instruct you, impart wisdom to you. And he'll even help you pray for your family and for other nations. Just you there by yourself at home. That's how you learn to listen to him. And, but there are times when God will call groups of people to do certain things together in prayer that can't be done each on our own. That can't be done, you know, with me sitting at home by myself and you sitting at home by yourself. God calls us together for a specific purpose. And that's when the corporate anointing is needed. We talked about intercession last week. And you can intercede, don't get me wrong. You can intercede if the Spirit leads you to intercede at home by yourself. You can do that at home. There's many great intercessors who intercede at home. Uh, but there's nothing like that corporate anointing when the spirit of intercession enters because that will get you through. I mean, it's powerful. It's powerful. And so it will help immensely if we cooperate with that corporate anointing when we're interceding. Uh, so there are things that we cannot achieve any other way but through corporate prayer. And corporate prayer, we could call it united prayer, is more than just a group of people coming together and just praying out loud together in a room. It's more than that. It's more than that. Um, it's not just about us praying at the same time together. That's not uh, what corporate prayer is. Uh, we said before when talking about prayer itself, when you pray in faith according to the word, uh, the most high, <laughs> the word of our almighty father, when you pray in faith, it should change you. And it should change your circumstances. It should. You should not walk away the same anytime you pray. But unfortunately, that's not happening for some reason. And I think part of that reason is a lack 
of expectation. That's the word that God dropped into my heart. Expectation. Not on his part. <laughs> on our part. And so, you know, we've talked about the different kinds of prayer. We finished that up last week. Um, and we talked about how faith is required to even approach our Heavenly Father. Hebrews chapter 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible. Impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. But yet, we try to do this all the time. It's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe first that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So faith is required. We talked about how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, not once, but continually hearing the word of God. We talked about this. I mean, this is something that it seems we go over and over, but we're just being obedient, right? We're just listening to the Father. And so uh, it's continually. And I would add that we need to be specific about the word of God we receive. We are all in different phases of life. Every single one of us is at a different place in our lives. And if you take inventory of your life and you've been intentional about your walk of faith and your growth and your prayer time and your word time, you're not the same person as you were last year. And so the things you did last year aren't going to work for this year. We get into a spiritual rut where it requires no faith for us to go through the motions that we go through. So your praying this year should not be the same praying as last year if we're growing in faith. Amen. We should not be at the same place. And so the word that you need this year is going to be different than last year. The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what's he dealing with you specifically for this year? Because if you're listening, he's telling you something, right? Every one of us has something we're working on this year, right? <laughs> we know. He's, and he's really, he's hard on us sometimes <laughs> if we really will let him. If we'll let him, he sure will. He'll be hard on us, but it's all in love, and you can sense his love. It's wrapped in love, but his correction is not pleasant at that time. When my parents corrected me, neither was that. <laughs> right, Kev? It wasn't good getting corrected. But afterwards, what does it say? You yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. <laughs> Glory to God. And so if I need... Healing. So I had this illustration. I thought of this today, or this was yesterday. So say I go to the doctor because I have like a rash on my arm. So I have a rash on my arm. We won't get into what kind of rash or anything. Use your imagination. So say I have a rash on my arm. <laughs> so I go to the doctor, and he gives me a topical ointment to put on there. Topical is like oh, on the skin, right? The nurse over here. <laughs> I'm using the right word, right? So I, he gives me that. So I wake up the next morning, and I go, well, you know, my knee's been hurting. Maybe some joint stuff. I'm going to put this ointment on my knee. Is that going to work? No. It's for the rash. 
It's not for joint pain. But this is what we do with the word of God. <laughs> so if I need healing to manifest in my body today, that's all. That, if, if God came down from heaven and said, Maria, what do you need from me? And I was sick. I wouldn't go, I need a million dollars. Or I want a new puppy. I've wanted the puppy for so long or the house. No. I would ask for healing, <laughs> especially if it was a terminal illness about to seal my fate. Get me healed. I can go figure out how to make a million dollars. You can come back and help me next time with that, right? But here's what we do. We've got a whole Bible full of scriptures on healing and how to get it. And I need it to manifest in my body. Or the doctor says, you're going to die. And I'm over here reading about the beast coming out of the ocean in the book of Revelation. And, ooh, that's exciting stuff. That's the stuff that gives me goosebumps. And that's the stuff that appeals to my soul and keeps me interested in the Bible. Huh. But is it going to get you healed? Is learning about some beast going to get you healed? Yeah. Yeah. And so I've got to read what I need. <laughs> Read what I need. It's that simple. Study what I need. And God's telling us what to study. Uh, you know, people, I don't know what to read. Ask him. <laughs> like, ask him, Lord, what do I need more than anything right now in my life? He might say, you need some love because you're mean to people. <laughs> study love. <laughs> he may say, Grace, learn how to administer grace to others and receive my grace because you beat yourself up more than anybody else beats you up. So receive my grace in your life. He may tell you to study grace for a while. Whatever it is, what you need, read. <laughs> study the word of God. Be specific on that. And that's an extreme example of the bees coming out of the ocean. You know, but you get the drift. I mean, study what you need, what he's telling you to get, right? And, and you know, a lot of times uh, people that need healing will go in this way and study all this stuff and research all this stuff, and then they'll think there must be some deep spiritual reason why I've not yet received a manifestation of healing. You know, they're looking for some deep, it has to be some deep spiritual reason why I don't have my hand. No, <laughs> you're not feeding your, on healing. So you're not getting nourished on healing and you have no expectation for it. No faith for it and no expectation. I mean, it's great and needful for us to read the entire Bible. It's great. We want the full gospel. We want it all, and it's needful for us to do that. But when I'm believing for something and I'm growing and I'm being intentional about my growth, it's so important for me to listen. Don't even just, don't even read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Ask him, before I open this, where are we going today? And he'll put the verses in your heart. 
you know, sometimes we'll go to our go-to verses. Oh, well, we'll read this again. Well, that's what we needed last year. But this year, he may have something totally different for us. This is how we grow spiritually in him, by listening to him and letting him leading, lead us. And if we're not seeing a manifestation of it, of whatever it is in our lives, it's because we have not built our faith concerning that thing. I may have faith for other things, but I've not yet built my faith concerning this thing. And the word is the excellent place to start, a source of nutrition to build our faith for whatever it is. Like we said on Sunday, the word has the answer either directly or in principle. The answer's in there. Either directly, like right out, this is a, this is a, or in principle. And so it has the answer, and the Holy Spirit is the one who can show it to us. Amen? And so, uh, you know, we say we're standing in, I'm standing in faith. Well, are we? I mean, that's, we got to ask ourselves, what are we standing on? <laughs> because faith stands on the word of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And so without knowing the will of God and not knowing his word, then guess what? No faith or, or little faith. <laughs> Jesus talked about, oh, ye of little faith. I don't want to be that girl. I want to be that centurion. Oh, great faith. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. And so we're talking about the lack of expectation that's rendering our prayer, even our personal prayer time and corporate prayer, pretty much powerless at times because faith comes, it has to come before expectation. But expectation comes after there's faith. And so no faith, no expectation, no word, no faith. And so it's very simple, yet we get tripped up here a lot. We get tripped up here. So there must be great expectation anytime we go into prayer personally and corporately. If we pray simply out of habit or tradition at home or at church, just reciting prayer without the leading of the Holy Spirit, our prayers will become powerless and ineffective. And then we'll get bored and we'll quit. Because if I don't see the answer every time I pray, at some point I'm going to get discouraged and say, this isn't working. Let me try something else. And this is how we get into error. And so we, we've got to do it right to get the right results. And that's, I, that's why we're on this. Uh, if we're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit in our prayer times, it became, became, become a religious tradition. And look what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verse 13, about the effect that tradition has. He said in verse 13 of Mark 7, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. And he was talking to, you know, the scribes and Pharisees. He was talking to, these people were known to pray like real big, you know, outlandish prayers where everybody can hear. And it sounded so beautiful, but yet it was fruitless. <laughs> Jesus called them right out. It was fruitless. And when we pray, remember what we said about the word prayer 
and how it's coming face to face and eyeball to eyeball with our Father. And he's waiting for us to come. He wants us to come with expectation because he's ready to act on our behalf. We've got to know that. We've got to know that. If we can just get a glimpse of the effect that faith-filled, fervent prayer, spirit-led prayer has and does and how it moves our Father, we wouldn't have to be like, can y'all come pray with us? <laughs> the place would be full if we understood the effect of that kind of prayer. We'd never pray the same again. Prayer should change you and your circumstances. And I can give you an example. When my mom was praying for me, heartfelt, fervent prayers, prayers of expectation for me, uh, because the devil had me in his grasp. I'll just tell you right now. I would do good for a while. And then I don't even, I can't even explain to you the strong pull that was in my life to go the world's way. It was just, you know, the devil didn't want all this to happen. He didn't. And so there was such a pull, and I couldn't even explain it. One day I'd wake up and I'd be like, yeah, I want to go have a cigarette and go to the club. Where's the club? Where's the club? You know, and it was, but I was like doing worship the day before. And all my life I dealt with that in and out and in and out. And she prayed fervently for me. And uh, when I was going through, especially through the really tough time, uh, James 5.16b, let me read that and I'll tell you. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then it says in the Amplified, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And so the, dynamic, the, the demonic influence in my life was broken. At some point it was, and I never had that pull again and never have since. Like, it's like, huh? What do you mean not live for God? You know, it's like, what? It, it was gone. That was lifted and removed. Well, when she hit the floor to pray for me, when she got up from the floor and said amen, something changed. She knew something changed in her and in me. Now, she may not have seen anything, but she knew because of her prayer and expectation. I get up from the floor. I say amen. It's done. And you know how I know that something changed in her? Because the way we interacted changed. You know, at first she would kind of, you know, how we mothers do, you know, you're not living right, you know, <laughs> you know, mm, you know, that was there. And fear, and you could see when I'm leaving the house, I could see fear and worry all over her. I could see it. But something changed in her through her prayer. It changed her. And it changed me. Things begin to start to change in me. She didn't know it changed in me. But she's not basing her faith on what she sees. But there's an expectation in her heart. 
God heard me. And so something changed in her each time she got up. If nothing changed in her, how long do you think she'd keep, continue praying for me? <laughs> it would be much harder. Something changes in you every time you pray for someone else. If, it's, if you're not sensing that and you're not seeing that, you need to make some correction with your prayer. Because every time you pray, you should get up off the floor and sense that something changed. I know. And the Holy Spirit will help you sense that. He'll help you with that. He'll help you. He'll give you glimpses of things that you're praying about. And, oh, there was a change in how they responded to me today. Ha-ha. Lord, you're working. Again, we're not looking for natural change to believe that he's working. It's an expectation in here that we believe every time. We pray. We know that it's working. If you are dealing with a situation that is causing much anxiety and stress in your life, hit your knees. Get your Bible. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to the right scriptures. Get some faith in you. I'm not saying you don't have faith. Hear me. I know you have faith. You have the God kind of faith on the inside of you. But get some more faith concerning that thing that's causing you anxiety and stress. Because if your faith level was higher, it wouldn't cause you anxiety and stress. Anxiety, stress, and faith don't go together. <laughs> faith cancels them out. And so get filled with the word of God until it gets rid of anxiety and worry and fear concerning that particular thing. And then once you do that, once you get that and make a point and say, listen, I'm going to spend much time in prayer concerning this thing. And each time I get up from the floor, I say get up from the floor because I'm picturing someone kneeling down praying. You know, when it gets really bad, we take that position. <laughs> There's something about hitting your knees and making your whole spirit, soul, and body connect and pray. There's something about... Okay, I'm just going to take a step of faith and hit my knees and I'm praying. I might even fold my hands like kids did back in the day. You know what I mean? You're at that place. You're desperate. <laughs> you're desperate for an answer and you expect it. <laughs> I'm not leaving here without an answer. And it's not two minutes. <laughs> There's where our microwave society comes into play. We want the drive-through takes long. What? I got to wait three, four minutes for my food? You know, dude, it takes us 20, 30 minutes to cook it at home. <laughs> but at the drive-through, we want it the minute we get to the window. You know, and so that's how we do God. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> we try to put him on our timetable. These things, it took you a long time to get into that mess. <laughs> And, and that answer is there for you. But you just have to draw it out and take the time and, and know, though, that when I get up off this floor, I may not have full manifestation, but I believe I'm going to have less stress and less anxiety when I get up off this floor. And one day it's going to be gone. <laughs> There's where my expectation is. I, it's going to be less. <laughs> 
especially if it's a really bad situation. Expect it, because you're going to get what you expect. We get what we expect from God. We want little, we'll get little. He's okay with that. If we want a lot, guess what? It's going to take work. It's going to take, and I'm not saying uh, labor-intensive work. I'm saying yielding (laughs) and just spending time with him. Why we call that work, I don't know, because it should be the best and sweetest place we ever want to (laughs) be. It should feel like a vacation every time (laughs) we're in the presence of God. But yet it's, oh, (laughs) good Lord. So I know something changed in her, and and I could see the love of God bigger in her every time I saw her. So God was giving her just an unconditional love, not based on what you did wrong and what are people going to think and this. No, her love got bigger. I saw that, and that that started to affect a change in me. And, of course, God did the rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gives wisdom freely to us. James 1.5 in the Amplified Classic, it says, If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving Father, who gives to everyone liberally, ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. Either we believe this verse or we don't. When we ask, it's almost as if we go, "Ah." I'm hoping, sir, that you would find it in your gracious heart for this unworthy girl to have some of your vast wisdom. Please, I'm begging you. Please, give me some wisdom if you can spare some. Please. And I know I didn't do, I know I messed up yesterday. And I know you gave me wisdom and I probably used it the wrong way. And then we go through this whole talking ourselves out of receiving the wisdom that he's just, here you go. Take the wisdom. And if we were listening, he'd be like, wisdom says, shut up, (laughs) zip it, (laughs) and just receive it. Ask and receive it. (laughs) Ask and receive. But we've got to believe this. So if I'm having, if I'm struggling and going, well, I asked for wisdom a while ago, and I never did get it. If that's in our heart, don't just ignore that when you go into prayer about wisdom again, because I'm going to tell you right now, you will not receive wisdom. You go in negatively, and that's doubt. And that gets real anchored down in your heart. And you don't even realize that you're doubting, but you're like, let's see if we get it this time. (laughs) It's not a lottery. (laughs) It's not a gamble. It's the truth. And he wants to give it to us. We just need to learn how to receive because it's different than the world gives and receives. And so let him show you how to receive his wisdom. And so go without any preconceived notions. Leave your past over there and just say, listen, here's what your word says. I need it, and you're going to give it to me. (laughs) You're going to give it to me. I take it right now. Now show me how to get it. And he'll show you how you receive it from him. Hallelujah. And so 
Because a lot of times when we do that and it doesn't work, you know, <laughs> that's another thing. We'll get off, up off the floor and say, thank you, Lord. You said I can have wisdom, ask liberally. Yep, you give it to me. Amen. Glory to God. Then we'll get up and we'll, hmm, I, don't, I just don't know how to do this. So we just negated all the prayer we pray. A lot of the problem is here because then we start to hear ourselves say that. We built ourselves up in faith and prayed in the spirit and our hearts was like, yes. And then we opened our mouths and destroyed the whole thing. Well, maybe go back on our knees again and start again. I repent. Here I am again. Let's try this. Take two. <laughs> Take two. And he's a forgiven God. This is why it says he's long-suffering. He's got to deal with the likes of me. <laughs> he's got to deal with us. He's long-suffering. He enjoys you learning. He enjoys me learning. He doesn't want us to be lacking anything. He's displeased when we lack, when his children go without something that they need. It displeases me when I see my children struggle. It displeases God. When he sees us struggle and he's offering the help to us if we'll just come and get it. Hallelujah. So most of the time, it's a lack of faith or expectation. Expectation is so important when we pray at home or when we gather for our weekly services or corporate prayer. Don't leave home without expectation. <laughs> don't leave home without expectation. That's, that's important. When you, every time you come to church, come with expectation. When you come to corporate prayer, whether on Friday or when we come together on March the 30th, you've got to come expecting God to answer your prayer. You've got to come that way. We're all going to come that way. That's the first ingredient to a successful corporate prayer meeting. Come in faith and with expectation. Glory to God. And then the second is to cast your cares over to the Lord before you begin praying, especially in a corporate setting. I mean, you need to do this at home. This will help you at home. We're talking about corporate prayer. So one, come in faith and with expectation. Two, cast your cares over to the Lord before you walk in the door. When we come together to pray corporately in church, there's something that God needs us to pray. So it gets accomplished. And it's bigger than just me or you or any of, of, of us as individuals. He needs all of us. And so when we come burdened down with our problems and our cares, it makes it hard for us to pray. Because that's what we're thinking about. Look at corporate prayer as a time to sow in prayer. It never failed. I remember this was back in the other building. I led corporate prayer for, I don't know, five years or so. And it never failed. We'd have a glorious time of prayer. I mean, glorious time of prayer. And then we ask at the end of prayer, what did you get? Why do we do that? Because we're expecting to get something. And so you know when you come to prayer, you're going to be asked, so what did you get? So now you know you better be expecting. <laughs> you better have something to say. It never failed. It's corporate prayer. We taught this. It never failed. There was always one or two or three. Well, I was praying for my brother or I was praying for me and my protection for my... That's You were not in united prayer. 
You were not praying corporately. You could do that at home. <laughs> Corporate prayer, when you come together, it's time to pray the will of God and so to the Spirit. So if you have problems, you before you get here, you take care of your problems. Lord, I'm taking care of this now because this is not going to distract me and hinder me from praying. I sow this next hour or however long to the spirit. And I believe that when I pray for these other things that the pastor or whoever, the leader is going to have us pray, you're going to take care of this. Amen. That's how you come to corporate prayer. Don't bring your prayers <laughs> with you because the whole time you'll be expecting. I wonder if they're going to get a word concerning my problem. Now they may. God may speak to them before you even come in and go, at the end of prayer, take care of this. I mean, he, they may do that. But that's, you're going to be thinking, Does, do I hear anything concerning my situation? And you're not going to, you're going to be so burdened down, you're not going to be able to pray and connect with those around you. So we put a demand on the expectation because we say, what did you get after prayer? And it should be about what we prayed about. Amen. God will take you in different directions uh, 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 with that. But we want to make sure we cast our prayers our, our cares on the Lord before we come. Number three, the third ingredient is to come ready to hook up and hook up with the leader, hook up with the Holy Spirit, and hook up with the other prayers that are in the room. And I'm using the word hook up, but you could say come into unity with one another, with the Holy Spirit, and with the leader. Uh, Acts 4.24 says, they raised their voice to God with one accord. I can assure you they were not all saying the same thing, the same words. But God heard it as one voice. They were unified in their hearts and they were there for a purpose. Their voice was at one. And this is why the leader, this is, we know this, the leader comes to prayer with a clear direction and plan. This is why they come with a clear direction and clear plan from the Holy Spirit every time. Because think about how large this group was in Acts chapter 4 and how hard it is to get everybody to get unified unless you specifically say, this is what we're praying for, and get clear direction. And so the way to accomplish this is having a well-planned direction, and it's as we come to prayer, we keep one ear to the leader and what God is telling them to do. And we keep another ear, of course, to what we're saying, to the Holy Ghost, what he's saying. And then we're also listening periodically to what others are saying as well when we come to corporate prayer because we want to get in the flow of the river that's flowing at that time. I don't want to be doing my own thing over here while everybody else is in China doing a work there <laughs> in the spirit. I want to be connected. And so a lot of times we come together and we, you know, close ourselves off, but we should actually be watching while we pray when we come together in corporate prayer. The leader always watches because there are a few things that happen in corporate prayer that we can be aware of as leaders. And as, as I'm looking at this and studying, I'm like, okay, Lord, we're raising up leaders to lead corporate prayer. 
because I, I'm like, why are we saying this? We know this, right? So we're, we're leading. We're, we're, we're learning because not, we can't just all lead all the time. There's going to be opportunity for others to lead. And so uh, there may be when uh, the leader is listening as well. They're listening to the direction of the Holy Spirit, and they're listening to what's going on. And there may be a language, a prayer language that strikes them, uh, not because it's louder, but just because there's unction on that prayer language or on that prayer. And that, oh, the leader says, okay, let me move closer to that person. And so they start to pray in the Spirit, help them. They, be, they do what the Holy Spirit is helping everybody to do. Come alongside and help us to pray. And then as they keep their eyes open, they may be able to see, oh, God just connected these two together in prayer, and they're praying something out over there. Do we need to help them? Oh, no, they got it over there. Good, okay, good. All right, what else are we doing, Lord? Okay, now you start to see things happen. You know, there's things that happen in prayer that can look kind of flaky. I'm going to be honest, and I'm not that type of person, so it kind of gets me a little but there are things that happen, shaking, things like that. And that's going to happen. If you're praying for the power of the Holy Ghost, how's your body going to stand that? And so that will manifest. There was a prayer meeting where someone started doing this with their hands and they couldn't stop. And they're like, you know, like getting all nervous. Like, I don't want to. And they're like, okay, what's going on? I can't stop. You know, and they're praying and praying. And they were uh, b believing God. And the ministry was praying about coming full circle or something to that effect. The pastor's like, that's what I've been getting. And so it was a manifestation or a demonstration for them. Well, if the leader was doing this and everybody else was doing this, they would have all missed it. But they were in sync and they were unified together. And so they saw it. So we hook up with each other and uh, we, we become unified. Also, as the leader, you see this often, you can see the glossy eyes of an individual sitting there. And you can tell she's about to check out that beautiful dress at Macy's while everybody else is praying. And when you see that, you go, she's probably not the only one. You rein them back in and you say, all right, come on, let's lift our voice. And, and you get them right back. And you go to that person and you go, come on, come pray with me. Because we, it's, it's a work that all of us are supposed to be doing. If one person is not doing it, then we're not doing corporate prayer. <laughs> It's not unified or united prayer. Everybody is making a supply available. And I need your supply and your supply and your supply. It's not time to go shop at Macy's. It's time to give your supply of the spirit. And so as the leader, you rein them back in. And that's, you know, is you have to be watching to do that. We get so spiritual and we block out. And I got to, oh, I got to have darkness. To, and, and there are times for that. Don't get me wrong. But in corporate prayer, we're supposed to be working together and with the Holy Spirit. And so that's how we come to prayer, making space for him and expecting God to respond right then and there, <laughs> right then and there. Number four, the fourth ingredient, be bold when you pray. 
In Acts chapter 4, the reason they were coming together was because Paul, or Peter and John had healed that man, you know, silver and gold, have I none? They, were, they, were, they got him up and got him out of that position he was in, and then everybody got mad. They were fine with him begging, but when he got healed, they got mad. And so they called them in for questioning. They beat them and they warned them, you better not talk about Jesus anymore or else. And then they let them go. And where'd they go? To their homes to hide? No. They went to their own company, to a corporate prayer meeting. They went to a corporate prayer meeting. And they said, here's what happened to us today. Let's pray concerning this. They didn't pray for protection and safety. They didn't pray that the, the bad guys would be killed off. No, they were led by the Holy Spirit. They prayed for more boldness and strength. So that's why we have to be led because someone would say, oh, yes, we need to pray for the protection of the saints. No, that's not what the Holy Spirit wanted them to pray. He knew that times were coming and it was going to be bad and they were going to suffer for his name's sake. It was already prophesied. Jesus already told them. And so they prayed for more boldness and more strength. And so be bold when you come to prayer and in your prayer life. Don't pray based on what you know. Let your prayer be based on what he knows. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the last one, leave with a note of victory. <laughs> no one should ever leave corporate prayer sad. No one should ever leave in tears sad. No. If you come in faith with confidence that God hears you and you come expecting to get what you pray for, praise will automatically just flow. That expression of praise will flow out of you. Glory to God. And so always expect to leave knowing that you have what you prayed for and that you have victory. And when you know that, you can praise the Lord. Amen. Leave with a note of victory. Glory to God. So that's just a few ingredients to corporate prayer. Come in faith and with expectation. Cast your cares over to the Lord before you come in the house. Come ready to hook up. Be bold when you pray and leave with a note of victory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I am looking forward to praying together as a faith family on our prayer, uh, family prayer night on March the 30th. We'll be here together praying on March the 30th. And I know that God has some great things in store for us. And we're going to assemble with great expectation. Amen? Great expectation. So those of our senior leaders, those who I know are seasoned in prayer and in the word, I'm going to be calling on you. <laughs> we'll be meeting uh, a little bit before uh, before that, and I have some things that, uh, some direction that the Holy Spirit is giving to me. I'm going to ask if you would, you know, cover these areas in prayer for me. I'm not going to be doing all the leading on that day. And so we're going to have family prayer, and that is going to be for single folks, for divorced people, for widows, for widowers, for children, for teens, for every demographic that we have represented in this church, and then the impact that we're going to have on this community. We're going to come together. It will be a wonderful time of worship and prayer. Amen? 
Glory to God. And I'm not putting a time on it. So I know our services usually go seven to eight. We're not going to put a time on it because I'm not going to put the Holy Spirit in a box for that meeting. All right. So uh, if it goes an hour and a half, it's okay. <laughs> we'll live. <laughs> you can watch your shows and programs later. <laughs> we have recordings, right? All right. Glory to God. Okay. Did you get something out of it tonight? I just love the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to get ready to give tonight. Uh, if you uh, need an offering envelope, just raise your hand and you'll be served. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those of you online, you can go to our website. We thank God we received a good significant amount of money today in the mail. And so we thank God for that. God is good. I'll share more about that uh, because it, it has to do with our building, our impact project. And so I'll share some of that with you possibly this Sunday. If not this Sunday, by next Sunday, I'll have some information on that. And so I'm excited about what God is doing. And uh, I, I sent a video out to my leadership team, but for those who are, uh, are watching, if you go to uh, Rama Bible Church YouTube page and Winter Bible Seminar is happening this week. And I've just been leaning into each of the services. It's just been a marvelous time. Eric and I actually wanted to go, uh, but... In my heart, I just was like, oh, the weather is just so wrong in Tulsa during this time. And sure enough, some folks, some pastor friends of ours from Connecticut and uh, another area tried to go and the, their ice storm shut down the airport. And so they're having to go back home from Chicago. I'm like, good Lord, no, I'm glad we didn't spend the money to do all that. And so uh, I really wanted to go, so I've been taking the time to just really listen and join online. And man, I tell you, everything that God is doing here and showing us here is exactly what's happening there. Rhema is our home church. We are connected with Rhema. And so I thank God we don't always look for confirmation. We don't need that to know that we're hearing from God and that he's talking to us, but I love it when we get it. <laughs> I'll take it every time. And so I thank God for uh, Raymond and I thank God for the work that they're doing. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for technology that we can just watch from a distance. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll give. Father, I just thank you for every single person that's a part of Father's House Family Church, those who are our supporters, those who are our friends. Maybe they're not members here, but they are joined together with us as uh, people of faith. I thank you for each and every one of them. I thank you that the blessing and favor of God is working on their behalf. I thank you, Father, you see the immediate need and the need that's coming in the future, and you already have provision for it. And so we receive the provision right now in the name of Jesus and we declare that we lack for nothing because we know that you are the God who is more 
than enough. And so thank you for being that to us. You are more than enough and you give us more than enough to meet the need of every single situation that's standing in front of us that you've called us to. I thank you, Father, and I praise you for your provision today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Mr. Eric has the offering receptacle should you need it. Glory to God. Bless the name of Jesus. I know we've had some issues with our Wi-Fi on our morning prayer, it frustrates me more than it frustrates you, believe me, especially if I told you how much we paid to get our wireless up to date. We have the highest speeds with Comcast. And if I told you how much my bill, it's more than a car payment. And it's just not cutting it. And so I now am going to have to pay to have them come hardwire my system for me. And so uh, I'm like, Lord, this better be it. <laughs> And so uh, we need to have that happen uh, because I cannot have that disruption. I know the devil doesn't like what we're doing. And so too bad, so sad for him because we're going to continue to do it. Even if I got to get on my little phone <laughs> and do it, we're going to do it. I like the fact that we're able to be on three platforms. That's why I'm choosing to do it this way. But, you know, we're going to see what we're going to do. But We'll be on tomorrow, <laughs> 9.30, we'll be together. And God's kind of working with me when I'm talking about corporate prayer and stuff. And so more to come on that. There will be some changes and uh, uh, some changes here and there. And I know that it's going to be good. And I'm just, I'm waiting on him. I, I don't want to jump in front of him. I just want to wait on him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming tonight. Have an awesome day. Safe travels to you. Enjoy.